Hello, everybody, and a happy holiday to you from the Muckrake Podcast. Thank you, as always, for supporting the show. You are the absolute best audience out there. Anybody who comes on the show absolutely says it. Nick, I know you share it. I know that you're full of holiday spirit as we begin to take on one of everybody's favorite Christmas movies, the Yuletide classic, Eyes Wide Shut. I was thinking about this because you had characterized that uh, in the last time. What did I miss as I was I was frantically taking notes from watching this movie carefully, but I'm I, I don't think I recognize anything Christmassy specifically. Do did I? You didn't see Christmas trees and lights. Oh yeah, that, right. It's a Christmas party in the very beginning. It's a Christmas. It technically the, the funniest thing about this is we have chosen a movie that tangentially takes place during Christmas. Yes. But, and you know what? Now that I'm even saying this, I, I'm thinking of ways to explain how that is relevant to this entire conversation. But there's a whole lot There's a whole lot to it. All right. Because, I mean, I could be thinking the lights. It could be like New Year's Eve party, maybe. Because you know what I need? I need someone wearing a Santa hat uh, if it's to be a Christmas. Maybe that's I, I think if somebody in, in Eyes Wide Shut wore a Santa hat, it would, it would be 10% to 20% more disturbing. <laughs> I think I would like it better, though. Um, you know, that, that's probably what makes uh, like something like Die Hard a Christmas movie for me, because someone's simply wearing a, a Santa's hat. Now, Die Hard is a dyed-in-the-wool Christmas movie. I mean, it's oh. taking place at a Christmas party. It's it's great. But that's a hot take still, believe it or not. But I'm all I'm I'm in I'm in it with you for that one. Absolutely. a Christmas. Day. I want to point out uh, before we get into this, that Nick was the one who originally said we should do Eyes Wide Shut. I don't know where that came from. Oh, it absolutely. You were the one who did it. Uh, you you were the one who suggested Eyes Wide Shut. I don't know why it happened, but I remember you bringing it up before we get into our takes how we feel about it going through the movie and talking about the political socioeconomic and historical aspects of this and it is chock full of it there there is a lot to talk about about what is happening in this movie in order to understand politics and history uh just a little bit of uh background of this for people who haven't seen it by the way if you're listening to this uh, the preview go over to patreon.com slash podcast yeah Come come join us and enjoy. We'll have our own little twisted holiday party. Um, Eyes Wide Shut was released in 1999. It is based on Arthur Schnitzler's 1926 novella Dream Story. Uh, and it is most famous for a couple of things. One, uh, it involves couple at the time, one of the most famous couples of the, the 90s and late 90s, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman acting in the movie as a married couple. Never good, by the way. To have an actual couple on screen acting as a couple, it's upsetting for a variety of reasons, which we'll we'll get to. But it is most famous for being Stanley Kubrick's last movie before he died. Um, the The cut that everybody sees uh, was finished a, a couple of weeks before he died. Uh, there's a lot of debate about whether or not it was finished, what what it says about his legacy, where it sits in his legacy. But one of the greatest movie directors of all time, bar none, no argument about it. This was his final movie, and uh, it, it, it deserves consideration and it deserves discussion and i'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about uh yes in fact it was interesting because I, I did see some research where um he had considered you know he wanted a, a real married couple to be this way and in fact there, there's not many you can choose from right that's not an easy casting uh job to do uh i think alec baldwin and kim basinger were the other couple they were considering uh, which would have certainly made this a little bit of a different movie but i Somebody might have bought uh, Alec Baldwin as a doctor more than better than I did um, Tom Cruise as a doctor for some strange reason. 
Wow. Already coming after Tom Cruise's performance in this movie. You know, I the, listen, I get the guy really tried. He was he was in it to win it. There was no question. Um, I, I think Tom Cruise has an incredible ability to look at something that he doesn't understand and just stare at it. That is one of his moves. We've talked about it before. Actors and actresses have like patented moves and moods. And one of Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise's major moves is to look at something and just let it wash over him. That, that, and he does that throughout this entire movie. And I think in that way, that's successful. Well, I've always talked about how to be a successful actor, you need to master a, a couple of things with the technique wise. One of them is, is that look of something that's far away in the distance that you have horror on your, or no, it has to go from blank to horror, right? You have to be able to master mm-hmm. that expression, uh, that morphing of the expression. And there's no question he's got that and, and more like what you were talking about, like he, the gazes and the looks off, off screen. Uh, that's magnetism. There's no question. The the Tom Cruise move is actually like really, really patentable. It's him staring at something, not knowing how to feel about it. And then breaking out into like a movie star grin. And it can be used for a variety of different things, right? It can be like him being charming. It can be him being befuddled. It's, it's a, it's a really remarkable thing. And he does that throughout this entire movie. And for those who haven't seen it, We'll we'll go through very quickly what is actually happening in this movie, what the plot of it is, and we'll we'll sort of deal with it. Uh, there's a lot going on in this movie. It is not um, it's not a comfortable movie. Uh, it it is not a, a holiday classic, as I have been joking. Uh, there, it's a psychological drama that includes uh, a, a lot of playing around with insecurities, curiosity, human sexuality, relationships, uh, monogamy, you name it. It, it is a, a, a complex, layered movie, um, just for anybody who wants to know what they're getting into. In it, Tom Cruise is a doctor uh, who is married to Nicole Kidman. There are several scenes in which they're sort of talking to one another. We'll, we'll get into that. And they find their marriage and their relationship changing. And Tom Cruise is, uh, how do I put this, Nick? He goes out for a journey into a different world. He, he encounters a lot of different things about, uh, that, that involve sexuality, romance, finding himself. And uh, he ends up at a sex party with the powerful elites in a mansion out in the middle of nowhere, which uh, we will definitely get into. You know, I love the idea of using a text like maybe Dante's Inferno, for instance, as a, as a template for a movie. It feels a lot like Dante's Inferno for sure. Well, okay. Yeah. Cause like, here's the thing. Like if you've ever seen the movie uh, after hours, Griffin Dunn's Scorsese film, um, that literally is Dante's Inferno. Like, I don't even know if anyone really even knows this, but like, there's a lot of subtle clues. If maybe we'll do that, that one day, because, and, and that really appeals to me, but this one, I don't, it didn't seem clever enough. If that was what they were really trying to evoke, mm-hmm. um, in a way to to that that made me like oh yeah that's really really cool near the easter eggs i'm seeing like i just wasn't i was having trouble with that i think overall but i do want to actually even come in it's separate from that is i saw the movie in 1999 in the theater before i was married right and um and it's interesting just to, to sort of watch it again maybe probably for the first time since then 
now, you know, and and, and so the, their lives that we see, uh, Nicole Kim and Tom Cruise's lives are, in be- are sort of in between where I am now and where I was when I watched the movie, right? And it, and it is fascinating, and we can explore for a second, just how much different movies do feel to you yep. depending on where you are in your life uh, yep. and how that might resonate or not resonate or maybe, you know, it make more sense. So I, I wonder if it made more sense to me as a younger person and it, it less a little bit less sense th- this time around. Well, I think, first of all, those types of texts are very telling. And I and I actually think there's something to say about Rorschach-like texts that change as you get older. Uh, Catcher in the Rye is one of those. Like one of the most famous ones. You read Catcher in the Rye as a teenager and you hate the world. And you, you are right there with Holden Caulfield. And you were like, the world is bullshit and it's full of phonies. You read it later on. The last time I read it, I, I, I want to say it was four years ago. I was an adult and I was like, someone helped this guy. You know what I mean? Like he has been absolutely let down by every adult and every institution in his life. Somebody needs to help him. Right. That is an interesting thing. And I will say eyes wide shut. And, and I've watched it. Um, I bet this was probably my um, somewhere in the area of 10th or 11th time watching it. Uh, because it feels Kubrick's movies, and this is one of the reasons I like them quite a bit, they reward repeated viewings. You know what I mean? Like you you notice new things. And, and as you get older, like you said, I think they reveal certain things about yourself. Like there are moments where Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman are talking about their marriage, talking about their relationship or talking about sex. I didn't understand that when I was, let me see, 99 I would have been 18 when the uh, 17. I would have been 17 when this came out. I probably didn't see it until I was 19 or 20. I didn't know anything about relationships or communication or sex or intimacy. And now I watch it and I'm like, oh, I, I kind of see what's happening here in certain places that I didn't appreciate in the past. You've been listening to the free part of this episode. If you'd like to hear the rest of this great conversation, head over to patreon.com slash muckrakepodcast and subscribe for lots more additional content, including a Discord server and live shows. We'd really appreciate it if you could give it a try. We know you'll love it and come back for more.